We're back on Tee to Green, and I am pleased to be joined now by PGA Tour player and PGA Tour winner Ryan Armour, who is uh, in quarantine also, I think in a warmer place than Buffalo, uh, in Florida, if I'm not <laughs> correct. Right, Ryan? Yeah, Jupiter, yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good spot to be. It gives you a chance to uh, perhaps work on your game. Are you able to work on your game uh, in this quarantine? Uh, so, luckily, I belong to do two different courses. One of them is closed. Due to COVID-19, Palm Beach County, where I reside, closed all golf courses. But one of the courses I belong is in Mark County, just over the border. Uh, the Dye Preserve is still open, so we're able to go out there. Uh, practicing is a little difficult because you know, they have mandated like stations on the range, so you can't sit there and like hog it while people want to warm up. But you can get out and walk, and uh, I've tried to do that twice a week, get out and walk 18 holes. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that, that's one of the things I think maybe people don't appreciate. Like you know, here in in Western New York, we have some courses open, private clubs. Some of them are open, no guests allowed, no range. It's it's walking. It's you know, twenty minute uh, tee times apart, uh, which is great because this is bonus time for us, anyways, to be out and play. But not being able to have the range and to be able to do the work that you do as a PJ Tour player uh, that that's significant. That matters, doesn't it? Absolutely, I, I think we're all. You know, I probably wouldn't be gearing up right now because not knowing when the season will start, you know, I'm not going to go into grind mode or everything. Right now, I think the majority of us just want to maintain health and maintain our games. We're not we're not trying to really elevate them right now just because we don't know, we don't know, you know, our starting date. So, and I think we're all kind of goal-driven and, and we know the time it takes to kind of amp up to get ready to play. You know, uh, yeah. Along those lines, uh, the day that we're recording this, it's the the day that uh, a schedule came out with the majors um, being moved and with mm-hmm. the tour the tour saying, okay, they'll try to fill in some dates uh, when the majors were there, and they haven't canceled um, some events yet. But what does that mean to you to know? Okay, if in, in the least we have August, that's the least we definitely know right now. What does that mean as far as your preparation? Uh, it, it'll be slow prep, slow prep. If it's August, definitely. I mean, you know, that'll, that'll come a time when like, I, I don't know if I need to go North to prepare because down here in the summer, it's brutally hot. So if I would have to go up to Ohio where, uh, we sometimes go in the summer and even if we're allowed to travel by then, that, that's another issue. Like, can we go across state lines and do all this stuff that, we're so used to being able to move freely in this country that is it's really taking a back seat and we've had to get you know my teacher's up in indiana now and i don't even know if i can go up there and see him yeah that's so it's all these are all just questions that i, I are so hard to answer from a golf standpoint because i i mean for me i'm in my you know mid or early to mid forties and I'm more worried about my kids and wife at home and I mean I can sit here and exercise on a daily basis and I can get to the course three, four days a week when I need to. And I mean for right now until we get that start date set, I don't think I'm gonna amp up that practice session. Yeah, that's well that that makes sense too. Um um especially in and listen, I'm a little older than you, so at our advanced age uh, there's only so many swings we have. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. You can always do short game, though. Yeah, there, 
there you go. The short game, uh, you know, there's not too much torque uh, on, on the back and body yeah. there. You know, the interesting thing, you, you mentioned travel. And, it, like, because I've had friends ask me, like, well, why don't they just play without fans? They can do that. I'm like, well, they can do that. The problem is it, this: the tour is made up of – it's a worldwide tour. There's players from all over the place. And um, I'm sure yeah. they want to make it equitable for – uh, the, the players who reside outside of the country to get back and play because to compete for points and, and titles and all that goes along with it. Yeah. You know, we're a worldwide tour now and it wouldn't be fair for those people that are living overseas that now I don't know our quarantine rules, but I'm sure if you come from certain countries, you have to come to the United States and quarantine for, for two weeks and you can't be out and about. So, I mean, you know, for us to throw a tournament together without fans, it's not as easy as the general public may may think it is. It, it um, but provided you know we get uh, quarantine and this thing slows down, um, are you confident that things could be played without fans? Um, and you know, it, it could be done well with without fans in attendance and with players. You guys distancing from each other, not using a locker room, all those things? Could we do that? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see why we could. Uh, the problem you're probably going to run into, though, is like the training aspect of it, the physical therapy, and you're not going to really be social distancing if you're getting physical therapy. So I, I'm not sure all of our logistics could line up with a uh, social distancing platform that we have set foot at six feet but i mean can you go play a round of golf yes i don't know if you can play it to the world-class caliber that the pga tour is used to yeah you know that's that's interesting and you know one of the things a couple of my colleagues on pga tour radio and i've talked about is interviews post-round interviews pre-round interviews Mm -hmm. i I gotta think they're all gonna be done at a podium through one microphone instead of having players go mic to mic. And, you know, I just think about that that fuzzy mic I stick in your face after a round and then bring it right back to mine to close it out. Like, th- that practice is probably going to change, I would think. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, that's something for, you know, people with a higher pay grade than me uh, to figure out. I, I, I'm not a germaphobe, so I felt... I mean, in the tour's defense, I I accept Jay's decision to not continue the Players' Championship. I think that was a very smart and cautious move that we had to make. But as a player, and I spoke to a lot of players after it, we didn't feel unsafe at the Players' Championship. And I I don't know, maybe it's because we're secluded inside the ropes and we're not crowded into, you know, hospitality venues and everything. As a player, we felt perfectly fine on the golf course and i think if it was just golf and we didn't have to do media and we didn't have to do physical training we could probably go play tomorrow that's uh, those are fair points for sure and uh uh some of the media you know i I think we could also present the events um you know maybe a few adjustments along those lines and and do it in a safe manner uh, to highlight what you guys do Uh, so hopefully we get to that point i'm with you i'm not really a a germaphobe either i work too i think you know, not to cut you off, no, Kevin. I think everyone is. I think everyone is chomping at the bit to try and kind of let's get a date set in stone so we can plan. And okay, you know, I was talking to one of my neighbors and I said nothing to do with golf. And 
the thing I think everyone in my neighborhood that I've talked to has struggled with is there's no end game. We don't have a, you know, that ray of sunshine at the end. And I think president Trump is trying to give us hope, but we just don't see like, okay, June one, we're going to be fine. Okay. May 15th, we're going to be fine. You know, just give us something to cling to that as golfers and now I'll equate that back to golf. Just give us that date that we're going to start, and then we're going to start preparing to start that day. Makes sense uh, for sure. So you can you can ramp up, uh, set goals, which I'm sure you do every season going into it, uh, setting goals. Absolutely. Uh, and what you're going to accomplish. Absolutely. I want to talk about something that you accomplished. Um, that uh, one of the thrills for me um, is getting to announce a first time winners. A victory on the PGA Tour and the Sanderson Championship, and I, I was so thrilled for you, knowing the the work that you you put in in your career uh, to get that first mm-hmm. PGA Tour victory a, a few years ago in Jackson, Mississippi. But I, I was hoping you could uh, maybe describe to our listeners all the work that went into finally achieving that goal of being a winner on the PGA Tour. Well, um, I don't know where to start. Really, I mean, it's I think as a kid who played multiple sports you know finally in high school I kind of realized I was pretty good at golf and you always dreamed of being on that stage where you could walk up 18 knowing you won and uh there were a lot of ups and downs I mean I didn't get you know even corn fairy status until I was four years out of college then it took three more years to get the tour and then I spent five more years off the tour playing the corn fairy and then back on tour and back off the corn fairy and back to the tour and um, so there is a lot of, you know, you go through a lot of self-doubt period, but I'm sure, you know, everyone who runs their own business has self-doubt late at night, like, Oh, it didn't go good this week. What am I doing? Um, you know, as golfers who aren't, as I call top 100 in the world all the time, we have a lot of self-doubt and you got to overcome that self-doubt to accomplish your goals. And, it's just funny how things work. I made a slight equipment adjustment in, uh, at Wyndham in the summer before the FedEx Cup. Uh, I made a slight adjustment to my irons, and I did not make the FedEx Cup that year, so I had to go to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. I played in the final group of the first three Corn Ferry Tour Finals starting on Saturday, and I, I think I finished like second 20th and like 25th or something it, it doesn't matter i retained my card so started the year in napa and then i missed the cut there i shot even par didn't feel like i played that bad just didn't hold any putts and then just had a week off i think it was a Ryder cup year or it might have been a president's cup year i'm not sure uh, i think it was a Ryder cup year so then the following week was sanderson farms and you go to Sanderson Farms, and all of a sudden I have a tie. You know, either tied for the lead or have a solo lead all three days. And my caddy and I just looked at each other Sunday morning, like we're going to play the same way we played every day. If we have a good number, we're going to be aggressive. If we have a bad number, we're going to play conservative, but we're going to be aggressive to that conservative shot. And I was like, if I hit it on the hit it in the fairway and I hit it on greens, a five shot lead is really hard to give up. And when I hold the putt on seventeen walk over to Casey. He goes, all right, it's over. And Casey Kellogg was caddying for me at the time. And I, that was like really the first time all day I breathed. Like I, I gave a big, huge breath out, like a huge smile. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do this. And 
to accomplish something that took so long. I mean, it's just, it's really rewarding and gratifying. And, you know, so many, so many other people had a hand in it, not just myself. I mean, my wife stuck by me, always encouraged me to practice and play and teachers and caddies and parents and brothers. And so a lot of it goes to them, but, uh, I mean, what a, what a really special feeling it was to kind of tap in on 18 knowing you had won. Yeah. Well, again, I was honored to be there for it um, and to talk to you after because I could tell the emotion of and just thinking about all that went into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, was there a mo- Can you think back to a moment prior to that? You talked about you know trying to get the car on and off the the Corn Ferry Tour. There, there was mm-hmm. probably a conversation you and your wife had at some point, like, okay, you know what? Is it time to? get a real job, uh, so to speak, go into another industry. Did you ever have that conversation or did you ever have that conversation where like, you know what, we're going to take out a second mortgage or lean on their credit card? Cause I, I, I know I can do this. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of a saver. So the, the financial aspect of it wasn't never an issue for me. Like I wasn't bleeding money. I had made enough through my years on the PGA tour and saving. I, I didn't have any outlandish expenditures. But just constant toll it took on your psyche to not accomplish what you set out to accomplish is is really what my wife and I had to overcome. And she was a lot better at it than I was. Um, uh, 11 and 12, I played really bad. And I was kind of, I kind of went away from who I was. I was trying to get bigger and chase distance, and just build swing speed and do it through, you know, transforming my body. And so in return, like 11, 12, and then 13, I had the worst season I've ever had since I turned pro. Like, I, I didn't know where it was going. You know, nothing was right. I, my distances were off. Everything was terrible. So that's probably was the lowest of low. And my wife and I just, uh, you know, sat down one night. I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to look into doing this. She's like, no, you're not. You put too much time into this. You work too hard. You're too good. I've seen you perform. Just go do what you do. And, and that's what I kind of hung to. Like, I'm not going to go out there and try and be someone I'm not. I'm not going to hit it 310 yards in the air. So as soon as I got away from trying to be someone I wasn't, I started to play a lot better golf. And, and that, that person you are is uh, driving accuracy. Uh, you're second in percentage on the PGA Tour right now in driving accuracy. Yeah. And, you know, that mm-hmm. for, for all amateurs out there and, the, and those listening – Playing from the fairway is so much of an advantage when you don't hit it so long uh, than having to play from the rough, isn't it? Well, absolutely. You know, if you have Rory's or DJ's legs and, and you drive it up there on a 450-yard par 4 to 140-150, they're only hitting wedge or 9-iron. I get that. Out of the rough, they can control it. But when I only hit it, you know, 280 and I'm, I'm back there at 170, you know, hitting hitting an eight or seven iron out of the rough, I can't control it as much. So it's important that I get that I get that two hundred and eighty yard drive in the fairway. So then I can attack whole locations the way those guys can attack them, even if they spray it offline. Let's um let's talk about what's going on uh, this season. It hasn't been it hasn't been a, a great start for you here in twenty twenty. So no. maybe, maybe this pause is maybe this no. is a good pause now in the season for you. I looked on it. I, uh, you know, my body was a little banged up. So this is actually giving me some time to heal without having to play through it. Uh, I had a little bit of grip issues going on. My grip got 
really weak over the winter. I don't know how. Just kind of crept in there and forgot to look at it. Teacher didn't quite catch it. I didn't catch it. Um, and then we caught it in L.A. And as many of your viewers know, changing the grip is probably one of the hardest things to do in golf. So we're just trying to get that grip a little stronger to get it back to the way it was when I was kind of flushing it, you know, and uh, hitting a lot of fairways, hitting a lot of greens, giving myself a lot of birdie opportunities. Uh, and other than that, that's, we're just, like I said, we're just trying to stay healthy through this whole COVID break. And uh, as soon as we amp up a little, it'll give me time to, you know, really ingrain that the grip changes, you know, for a month or so before we start, uh, before we start the season again. You know, it's it's funny you you mentioned that the grip thing. I go through that every year. Like <laughs> I get to the mid summer, isn't it? yeah, and it just creeps weak, and I'm like, man, what what happened here? I'm supposed to, I I I'm not, I used yeah. to see the three knuckles, now I'm down to one. How'd that creep in there? You know, right? Weird. And this is the, really the first time in my career it's ever happened. Uh, I don't know if it, we were working on something in the winter over break before Hawaii and. Then you get to Hawaii and you get, we had just had torrential winds in Ohio, in, in uh, Hawaii. I don't know if you did that week at Sony. Yeah, no, I wasn't there, but uh, uh, yeah. I, okay. I did the winds yeah, right. I mean, it was brutal. It was brutal over. So it might have been, you know, I got so lean and left that the grip got weak in those winds that we just really didn't catch it until uh, my teacher flew out to LA after I kind of I left AT&T Pebble. And I just kind of was giving him, uh, you know, the bits about like, hey, what the heck is going on? I just left my favorite golf course on tour, not happy, and I've never left here unhappy. So uh, we got to fix this immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I I think people are uh, happy to hear that uh, some common things that amateurs struggle with, pros struggle with sometimes too. Uh, Before we start, yeah, before we start the interview, you mentioned like this kind of a blessing in disguise for you and your family to spend more time together. Absolutely. I mean, you know, my wife, actually, what's funny is right when I got back from Sawgrass, so I got back Friday morning from Sawgrass after Commissioner canceled uh, on Thursday night. On Saturday, we called and ordered my wife golf clubs for the first time in her life. So now she's been trying to get out and walk nine holes a couple days a week with me, which has been something we've never done. I mean, so we're getting to spend time together doing that. The kids will come out and goof around and uh, we've been rollerblading and biking and, uh, just trying to get outside as a family as much as we can, because really that's all we can hang with right now is our family. And I, I enjoyed your tweet. I think it was maybe a week or so ago about being a teacher and homeschooling. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I give, I give all the teachers a lot of credit because the patience they must have to deal with you know, 25 at a time, and I'm only dealing with two, uh, must be immense because I, I wasn't blessed with that patience to uh, to deal with it. Um, and I, I got to, you know, especially the school my kids go to, they've done such a good job of trying to coordinate this online learning that, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how many hours had to have gone into it over the two-week break that we had while they tried to get this up and running. Uh, I, I know I couldn't do it as technologically illiterate as I am. 
<laughs> yeah, thankfully my wife's a teacher because I started trying to help out my ten year old, and he's like, "Get mom, get mom in here. You don't know what you're doing." <laughs> you're right, I don't. <laughs> well, Ryan, yeah, we're kind of breaking it down. We're kind of breaking it down in subjects. Like I'll take, uh, I take uh, English, reading, and math, and she takes all the science kind of stuff, and then we get she takes like science, art, and music. And uh, we kind of break it down that way because that, that that's kind of her specialty. She was a nurse, so she knows all the science aspects of everything. Yeah, see, it's, it's good to have you. I, I can handle the English part, uh, but, yeah, when it comes to the mathematics uh, and science, I, I, I pass that off uh, to my wife for sure. <laughs> Ryan, I, well, I, my I, kids are only oh. 11 and 8. My kids are only yeah. 11 and 8, so I can handle their math right now. <laughs> they were a little older. I don't know if I could. Well, be careful with the long division. The long division changes. Uh, you know, that uh, the, the called a common core in New York State. Oh, uh, I know. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> I know. I used to get in arguments with my older son about it, and I'm like, okay, you do it the way they tell you. I'm just trying to show you the way real people do it. Um, <laughs> but I was wrong. Listen, I, I appreciate your time uh, today, and uh, I wish Absolutely. you and your family the best of health, and I look forward to seeing you out there when we get back out on the golf course. Yeah, you guys too, Kev. Anytime. Good luck.